Thank you for listening to the Hope Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and resources, visit hopeboon.com. Lord, we just thank you for Gracie, for your anointing over her, Lord. We know that you have something special to share with us today through her. Thank you that she clearly hears your voice. Lord, we just draw on the anointing, on the call of God that you've put in her. We receive your very best today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I love you. You're the best. Brianna is the best. Isn't she? Isn't she the best? <laughs> I mean, I'm partial, but she really is pretty amazing. Well, I, um, before I jump into what I felt like the Lord um, had for me today, thank you. I... Um, maybe TMI, but I was in the bathroom, and I had two scriptures that the Lord gave me that I feel like is for somebody here, and um, one was from Luke 12, 32, and that is, do not be afraid, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, and then number two was Romans eight thirty two. And it says, he who did not spare his son, but gave him up as a ransom for all, will he not also with him freely give you all things? And I just felt like that was a word for somebody here. So just receive that. Ask the Lord to minister that truth to you because God is good. He is faithful. He is holy. He is abundant. He is kind. He is generous. He is all, all perfection in all things, and it is his good pleasure to give you and to give me the kingdom. And what is the kingdom? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, and the kingdom of God dwells within. So therefore, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit dwell within each of us. Amen? It's his good pleasure for us to walk in that continuously, to have our lives be filled with righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So for those of you who don't know me or who I haven't been able to meet, my name's Gracie. I grew up here in Boone, North Carolina. I told the Lord when I was saved towards the end of my senior year of high school that I would do anything for him. I would go to China. I would go to Africa. I would be a missionary. I would do whatever he wanted. I just did not want to stay in Boone because there was nothing for me in that little town. And little did I know, um, that was actually one of the first times the Lord spoke to my heart audibly, and he said, but what if Boone is where I need you? And I was like, ah, crap. All right, let me think about it for a few minutes. I did, I said that. And so I could tell you where I was. I was driving my silver Toyota Tacoma truck. I was actually turning to go to your house, Brian. Like I vividly remember the moment. And um, came back a few days and I was like, all right, Lord, if this is where you need me, this is where I'll stay. And, you know, the Lord led me to meet my husband, Sean, who's in the back on the stream, um, all kinds, which is working, praise God. Yay, yay for the stream. 
Um, and then he just, he, he opened the door for steps um, of obedience. And now I work for a job that I do get to go and go places and travel and do the things that were always in my heart to do, but I never thought I could do by staying here. But how many know our obedience to walk in what the Lord says to do is far better than anything we could ever imagine. A long time ago, I gave up my right to understand what God wants me to do. We don't have to understand the fullness of what he's asking us to do, but we do need to be obedient, right? Because our obedience and our surrender is what opens the door for us to walk in the fullness of our destiny. So um, growing up, you know, I, I was not raised in a Christian home. I got into partying and all kinds of stuff at a pretty young age, and it was not until my senior year of high school that I gave my life to the Lord. And I was really zealous, like right off the bat. I remember witnessing and preaching to anyone who would listen. I, that summer after my senior year of high school, I remember coming, going to some of my family members and being like, no, I know truth now. Like, don't you want to know it? I know truth now. No, like Jesus is the son of God. Like I wondered and I didn't really know, but he is. Don't you want to know? I'm telling you. And I thought that people would just be like, oh, thank you, Gracie. I have been wondering. Thank you for clearing that right up for me. You know, but, but that wasn't exactly what happened. It took a lot of proving that I wasn't brainwashed and <laughs> walking in the fruits of the spirit, allowing people to see that a change had been made in me. Um, and, and then finally, you know, one after another, family members of mine actually did start receiving Jesus. You know, my dad, um, my mom, different ones that just started being like, you know what? I see this. I see this change in you. So, um, but I remember the transition for me because I was zealous, but it was like I didn't really know how to get Jesus to people. And I didn't really know what my life was supposed to look like. And I didn't really know what it meant to be a new creation in Christ Jesus. Because um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So when we're born into this world, when we're born, you know, through our mother's wombs, we carry with us DNA. We carry with us a certain natural um, DNA, how we look, sometimes our personalities, different things. But when we are born again into the kingdom of God, we get a whole new DNA. We actually become children of the most high God. And this is what becomes our new identity. We will never really know or understand who we were created to be until we are born again, until we are born into this heavenly kingdom in which we now stand. But when we step over from darkness to light, like the Bible calls it, we become transformed. We become this new creation with our Father's DNA. And now we can walk in the fullness of what He is calling us to be. I don't know what your mommy or your daddy might have spoken over you that was, maybe it was good, but maybe it wasn't so good, but it doesn't matter because your Father, your Heavenly Father, has an identity for you that is exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond what you could ever ask or imagine. So, 
you know, the good thing about being born again and stepping into the kingdom of God, among many other things, is not only do you have a new identity, but things begin to lose their power over us. So like sin begins to lose its power over us. Worthlessness begin to, begins to lose its power over us. Shame, guilt begin to lose their power over us. So a few years ago, I can't remember the circumstances exactly. Um, this is just to speak to the fact that we need to renew our minds to this because it's really easy to fall back under into that old world's system. But a few years ago, I was dealing with some kind of um, conflict. I was trying to even remember what it was, and I don't, praise God. But I remember just dealing with, like, significant condemnation over something. I feel like there was some conflict maybe at work with somebody. I don't, I, I don't quite remember. But in my mind, and you all might be able to relate to this, it went from feeling guilty about something I might have said or done to know this is just who you are. And that's what shame will do. The definition of shame is the enemy tries to take something you have done to convince you that no, this is just who you are. And that is an absolute lie because like I said, when we have been born from this kingdom of darkness, stepped into this kingdom of light, we are actually carrying with us a whole new DNA and we are now have the nature and the character of our heavenly father. So that is not who we are, but shame will try to convince you that it's who you are. So I, um, I remember sitting on the floor of, of my living room and um, being like, gosh, Lord, and I was just feeling the weight of this. You know, it went from being something like, um, you know, you could have used more kindness in that situation, Gracie, to you're just an old crotchety woman and no one likes you, you know, or whatever. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but that, that was it. It was like, went from something I did to something that I was. But when I was sitting there, um, I remember flipping over, open my Bible, kind of out of desperation, because I was feeling myself going deeper and deeper into this pit. And John 1.12, this is what I saw. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. And it was like right then this light went off in my heart, and it was like, Regardless of how this person sees me, regardless of my shortcomings, which, you know what, I do have a lot. I'm here to tell you, God actually really enjoys using very broken people for his purposes. He enjoys that. In, his, in our weaknesses, we are made strong. So we can't be afraid of our shortcomings and our weaknesses. But it was like this revelation of it really does not matter how this person sees me. My, the core of my identity is I am a child of God. That is who I am. I have been made in his image, in his likeness. And you know what? I have the permission to step out of those things that maybe I was doing or not doing and step into the fullness of my new identity, my new destiny, and my calling. So that was really revelation for me. But I'm telling you, it is something we must practice renewing our minds to this truth because the enemy would like nothing more than us to allow him to bog us down with these weights and with guilt and with shame because when we're allowing that to happen, we're not really 
ministering and doing the things that we could be doing to help others get free, right? Because that's what we need to be doing. So I have an illustration. Dan, I asked Dan if he'd come up and help me with this illustration. So this has been something that, um, that the Lord gave this to me as I was praying about it. So here we have in this chair up here a bunch of rocks, okay? And so these rocks are gonna represent shame and guilt and condemnation. So I'm the enemy and I'm gonna give Dan one. How does that feel, Dan? Okay, so this could be for me because of my past. The enemy might come along to me and say, you know, Gracie, because you did X, Y, Z before you were supposed to, you are unclean. And so he gives me this, this weight, right? And then the enemy might come along and say, what's another weight that y'all deal with? Will y'all be vulnerable with me? What is a weight? What is something the enemy might accuse us of, of being? Not enough. You're not actually enough. Actually, there are other people who would do that way better than you. You're actually not enough, okay? All right, what's another one? What's another, what's another lie? Sin, or, uh, shame, guilt, condemnation. Yeah, okay, so we can say general condemnation. You know, you, you did this. Remember when you did that, Dan? You're never gonna get free. You're never gonna get free of that, Dan. All right. <laughs> What's another one? It's all your fault. It's all your fault, Dan. If you had been, I, I warned him he might be a little dirty after this exercise. Okay. Um, you're, uh, yeah, so ha- I have one more, but I'm not going to give it to you because I think it would, it's just too much. So this is what happens. Notice that his hands are busy. Remember that scripture where Jesus talks about putting your hands to the plow? Is he able to put his hands to the plow like this? He's not able to put his hands to the plow at all like this, right? He is consumed with his own junk. He is inward. He is consumed. And not only that, he, some, somehow the enemy's telling him, no, you need to be aware of this stuff. You need to be aware of how not good you are because it'll keep you humble. <laughs> okay, and so then we read in Matthew eleven twenty eight where it says, come to me, Jesus says. So you're gonna come to me. I'm pretending I'm Jesus. All you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. But notice he had to come to me, Right? Now, I want you to hand me that rock. Woo! So you're like, Jesus, I need you to take this, right? I need you to take that, that, that condemnation, that, that I'm not good enough. Now, give me another one. Jesus, I'm going to surrender this part of my life to you. Jesus, I need you to cover in the blood that thing that I did Jesus, I need you to show me, actually, my, will you just put that down? <laughs> actually, <laughs> sorry, not on those little rocks. I'm gonna show, I'm gonna, sorry. I need to, you to show me who I am. 
And then here's what happens. So Jesus, because nothing is ever wasted with him, right? So when we come to him and we give him something, and since nothing is ever wasted, even the, even the you know, um, sins that we chose to step into and do when we come and we surrender those things and we repent and we turn from them, nothing is ever wasted. And so when we give those things to Jesus, not only will he give us back something that is covered in the blood because this rock is red, but he will say, all right, son, all right, daughter, I am now gonna give you a tool for you to use and you to take that thing that I took and I transformed by my power and my grace, and now you have a tool that not only is really cool and pretty that you can wear as part of your identity, but you use it as a tool in your hands to minister to others that same thing that you just walked through. And so now Dan, who's like, wow, you know, I really had this revelation that I'm not abandoned that, you know, I might have not been raised in the most amazing family. I might have been abandoned by my natural father, but Jesus just gave me this revelation that actually I'm a son. I'm a son. So my abandonment that I had been feeling, he turned it into this revelation that I am a child of God. And now I can take that revelation and use it to minister to you and say, you're a child of God. Because nothing, thank you, Dan, because nothing in the kingdom of God is ever wasted. And so that same thing that the enemy attempted to use for harm, God in his supernatural brilliance transforms and uses for good. He's just so faithful. Just this past weekend, I was at a um, conference in Dallas with, with one of my friends, and it was so good. It was just a million things that I needed to hear. Um, and one of the activities was to sit with the Lord and to ask him, how do you see me? <laughs> and so we did, you know, we all kind of spread out. We had our pen and paper. And I asked him, I just said, Lord, how do you see me? And immediately for me, I saw like myself in armor. You know, I saw the, um, the helmet, the shield, all of it. I saw myself in this armor. But then I saw something amazing. I saw the Lord <laughs> taking off my armor, and underneath my armor was this woman who, unfortunately, I didn't really recognize because I was looking at myself through his eyes. But I saw this woman in this, like, white flowing gown, and she had, you know, long hair. It was kind of like blowing in the wind, kind of. But it was this almost romantic picture. And she was very pure. She was very spotless. She was guilt-free. And I felt this absolute obsession of the Lord for her. And, you know, when you walk through things in your past and you've done things and you've, you've opened up yourself, you know, whether you knew it or not and you've gone through trial and you've gone through hardship, the enemy likes to remind you of stuff. And he likes to bring accusations because the Bible says he is the accuser of the brethren. So not only will he accuse others to you, but he will accuse you to you. <laughs> and so when I saw that and I saw how the Lord saw me, 
it just absolutely freed me in a way that I cannot, I, I just can't explain. And I saw myself not only as a daughter of God, but as a bride of Christ, holy, spotless, blameless, pure. And there is no stain, any of you, no sin, no anything that any of us could commit that the blood of Jesus is not potent enough to cleanse and to eradicate and to even change and say, now you take that and you use that as a tool to minister to others. There is no nook and cranny in any dark place of your life where the blood and the glory and the light of Christ cannot reach. Thank God. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. And this is how God sees us right now. He sees us chosen. He sees us royal. He sees us as holy. He sees us as his very own possession. And it is from that place of knowing who we are that we, when we begin to allow ourselves to see ourselves the way God sees us, from that place, we start to not only... Uh, um, break off some of that sin consciousness that we were carrying, but we begin to step into what we're seeing in the mirror of his word. When I see God telling me I am chosen, I am royal, I am holy, I am God's special, special possession, it gives me the permission to be chosen, to be royal, to be holy, to be his special possession. And as I become that, I begin to give other the permission to step into that themselves. And that is from the place where we are able to say, Lord, we can show others your goodness. We can show others who they are. And that's how God sees us right now. Romans 12, 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you, that you, <laughs> Do not be conformed to this world. Let's, let's, can you get that one up, Claire? Thank you. You're the best. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Do you know that all of us in here, regardless of age, gender, background, what we've done, what we haven't done, regardless of any of that stuff, when we begin to allow ourselves to be transformed, when we look into the perfect law of liberty, when we see ourselves in the word, like which the Bible calls as a mirror, when we look into the mirror of the word and we begin to see ourselves the way the word says we are instead of the way our mind or the enemy would like to tell us are, we will become transformed 
into that image. Our minds will be renewed and we will become transformed into the image, into the calling, into the destiny that God has for us as his sons, as his daughters. And it is from that place that we will begin to see and walk in his good and his pleasing and his perfect will. Because all of us in here have a very special, very holy, very powerful call. And we were all called into the kingdom for such a time as this. Every single one of us, if you have breath in your lungs, God's not done with you yet. If you have breath in your lungs, there are still people you are called to reach. There are still people you're called to minister to. There are still people you are called to take the love of Christ to. There are still people who you are called to be Jesus to. Because that's really ministry in its basic form. Ministry in its basic form is taking Jesus and giving him to people. That's it. That's it. That's all that's it. It's not more complicated than that. You take Jesus and you give him to people. So when we give ourselves the permission to see ourselves the way God sees us, which is pure, holy, blameless, royal, Now, I'm not saying we don't repent of stuff. Do not put words in my mouth. (laughs) Because we, we must constantly, I think it's very important to do recalibrations with the Lord on a regular basis. But we have to know the potency of his blood that when we ask for forgiveness and we turn from that thing, all of heaven is backing our choice to turn into the things of the kingdom. And we are empowered to step into his grace and to minister and to love and to preach and to forgive and have mercy and to serve the way that he needs us and wants us to. Because we are his expression on the earth. We are the expression of Jesus on this earth. That's it. You know, I know Jesus is showing up, showing himself to people. I've heard of it. He's doing it all over the world. He's doing it in Iraq. He's doing it in Iran. He is is himself showing up to people. We are hearing this testimonies like crazy where I work of him doing this. And I love that and I'm thankful. But a lot of times the people, the only Jesus that people are going to see and experience is you and it's me. And so we have to get free of the crap, sorry, if that's not supposed to something I should say in church, but like that Dan was holding, we have to get free of what we are holding in our hands, free of this bondage that he does not want us to carry He does not want us to carry it because we were not designed to carry that kind of weight. I'm sorry, we just weren't. We're not strong enough to carry that weight. But he wants us to be free so that we can run in freedom. Whom the son has set free is free indeed. So I don't care what kind of thing that we're holding. He wants us free so that we can run with endurance the race that is set before us. But... The one thing that I will say is that our responsibility in all of this will always go back to what kind of time are we giving Jesus? What kind of time are we giving him? Because God can change anything about us. He can transform anything about us. In fact, when we're born again, we're already transformed. So really, it's a matter of our soul beginning to pick up in the spirit and beginning to walk out 
who we already are in the spirit. But in order for our soul and in order for us to start walking in the fullness of who we actually are, we have to give him time. We have to give him time in the word. We have to have time in his presence, worshiping him, seeking him, listening to him. One of the best practices of my life is sitting down with my journal and saying, speak, Lord, I'm listening. And writing it down, writing it down, writing it down, coming back and checking it a year later. Oh my goodness, you said this and that's exactly what happened. It bolsters your confidence to hear from the Lord. He's speaking always to us, he's speaking. Always. My sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. He is always speaking to us through his word, through his spirit. He wants to commune with us. And he can change any single thing about us as long as we give him one thing, and that is our time. In these days, it is going to be increasingly important, increasingly important for us to give him our time, for us to put him and his presence and his word as priority in our lives. Because we're part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. There is going to be shakings. There already have been shakings, right? We've seen it. And there's going to keep being shakings. Because, I mean, that's just what the Bible says. Birth pangs. The end days are like birth pangs, right? Like contractions. First they're far apart and then they get closer and closer together. That's, what, that's where we are, you guys. We're just living in these times. But we are part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken, So when we are spending our time rooting ourselves in Jesus, like Stephanie was saying, rooting ourselves in him, because it's all about in him, when we're taking the time to root ourselves, then when that storm comes and it blows against that house, that house is not going to fall apart like that house down the street that's not rooted. Praise God. All right, so... I'm really encouraged um, by our church and how Pastor Josh has been talking about how prayer, you know, that is a focus for our church going into this year, prayer, prayer and winning the lost. How, can, how many can get behind that, right? I can get behind that. Prayer and winning the lost, yes. Prayer is the most wonderful thing. And then taking that and filling so up on Jesus that you, you just minister his grace to people. Um, And then last week, how Pastor Josh was saying, the Lord will take anything you give him and fill it. He was talking about the oil and, you know, the the widow who got, um, Elijah said, go grab all the vessels you can. And the Lord just started pouring out his oil. He will give anything, anything we give him, he will fill it. Anything. Any places of our life that we need to surrender, he'll fill it. I remember when I was first starting to walk for the Lord and the Lord was telling me, listen, you gotta quit hanging out with those people. And I was like, but they're like my family. Ugh. They weren't. I, and I thought it would just be the worst for me to not hang out with these people. <laughs> but these people were not a good influence on my life. And so I had to cut off a part of me that I thought I was gonna terribly miss But I gave that to the Lord and he filled it and then he filled it again and he filled it even more with people who love Jesus and inspire me to grow in him. Our community is so important. People that know who they are in Christ so that they can help you realize who you are in Christ. It's so important. So, okay, I'm just gonna read this one last section in Ephesians. 
And then we're just gonna take some time and we're gonna sit with the Lord for a minute collectively and then we'll, we'll close out. So this is Ephesians. This is chapter two. Yeah, Frankie, you come on. Um, <clears throat> Ephesians chapter two. This is verses one through 10. If you have this, if you have your Bibles, I just would recommend really devouring this. Let your eyes rest on this passage. And it says this, and you, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves, right? In the lusts of the flesh, didn't we all? Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is so rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So just a few staples of our identity from this passage. We are alive. <laughs> we are alive throughout all of eternity. We are alive throughout all of eternity. We are saved. That word saved is the word sozo. It means, among other things, to be made whole. So we are alive. We are made whole. We are raised up together with Christ. <laughs> we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That is literally our position. We are not doing business from the earth upward. Can you wrap your minds around that? We are right now seated with him in heavenly places. That's our position. We are doing business from that place of authority downward. Anyway, that's another teaching. We are examples of God's exceeding riches of his grace and kindness. We are examples of that. <laughs> another translation says, you are walking billboards of his riches of grace and kindness. Does it look like a walking billboard when you're carrying around all that shame and guilt? <laughs> Do you think he wants his body and his bride and his representatives to be carrying all that crap around? No. We are his workmanship. That's pretty amazing. Remember in the Psalms where it says that we have been knit together in our mother's womb. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. And we have the ability through prayer, 
through our time spent with Jesus to come into a place of revelation of who we are in Christ. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about what he's done for you. And it's about you and me receiving it and believing it and standing up with resolve and walking in it. So, because we, when we see ourselves the way God sees us, we'll begin to walk in that into a greater degree. So we're gonna just take a minute right now and we're gonna just sit with the Lord. I want all of us collectively to take a minute right where you are Shut your eyes. Try to close your ears to the voice of this world, to the voice of your shame, to the voice of your guilt. Take a moment. Be intentional to turn your hearts to Jesus. Sometimes it helps to just see him, to see his face. Anytime I look to his face, I see him as smiling at me. That's like the way that I can tell that I'm looking upon him is if I can see him in my heart smiling back at me. It's kind of like a hint that, okay, I'm looking at him. So let's just look to our master right now who paid this ridiculous price for our freedom. (laughs) Jesus, we look to you. Thanks again for listening to the Hope Church Podcast. Our church exists to see people from all walks of life know Jesus, connect and grow, discover their purpose, and make a difference in this world. If you would like to connect with us further, or if you need prayer or assistance, please visit us at hopeboon.com, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.